Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Star Trekking with Nerdy Up North. It is I, it is Goodwill, the Command Yellow, not a red shirt this week, because <laughs> I don't want to die early. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Goodwill, and I am joined by the fabulous, fabulous Graham. Hello, Graham. <laughs> Hello, hello. It is me, How are the you? wonderful Graham slash Sinoise. I am uh, I'm doing well. Actually, no, I'm not. I've just been complaining to Goodwill about how crazy and hectic my week's been because I've, <laughs> I've got loads of drag stuff on and we're currently doing a series called Snatch Talk that's on YouTube and we have to turn around a half hour episode in three days as well as working. That's and, fun, you know. And anyone, anyone who's ever worked in TV or film knows that if you are creating a half an hour show, it does not take three days. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, oh. it's, it's not easy. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about uh, what you do? Other than oh Star yeah, Trek? I'm, I'm in, in addition to being a massive Star Trek nerd, I'm also a dark ambient music creator slash soundtrack person and also uh, I do drag so I'm a drag queen called the Velvet Snatch uh, around Newcastle and surrounding areas and stuff like that and it's quite good so I'm on a lot of podcasts for that uh, so it's yeah it's quite odd but obviously you always get a busy period of the year because all the competitions like the drag competitions all happen at the same time and I tend to be a correspondent for a few of them so, yeah, so it basically means that you have this period here, which is why you won't be seeing me on the normal uh, Nerdy Up North podcast until probably April. Because <laughs> like, I'm like, I can't, I'm really busy on Sundays. But yeah, uh, no, it's quite fun, but it's it's a lot of work, but it's it's rewarding and it's great seeing, you know, it's great being able to support people who are in the competition and like sort of get to speak to them and stuff because that that's what it's for. So basically it's like correspondence to kind of go, hey, how are you feeling and stuff like that um with everyone in the competition but yeah um no thank you for having me on uh this and uh i'm excited to talk about this episode having, actually I really enjoy having you one. on you are you are my co-host I, I know I'm, I'm so used to being a guest uh but no I, I think the great thing with this one though is so many people tried to spoil it like so many people yesterday were just like well and a mate a mate was like oh well you know i'm not going to give you any spoilers but and then immediately gave me a spoiler i was Aww. like that why are you doing this to me like mentioning like the villain of it and i was just like i haven't seen them yet you know like it's like oh I, oh they're in the trailer were they i don't you know well shall we shall we delve straight into it then for for starship picard season three episode two disengage um <laughs> Very short episode this week. Um, it was only 49, uh, 49 minutes, but uh, much like Graham did last week, I have actually got notes this week. So I've got a lovely <laughs> one, two, three, four pages uh, worth of notes. But uh, yeah, last week sort of ended on a cliffhanger uh, where, you know, it was sort of, they were on the Helios, Picard and Riker with this mysterious gentleman. He was like, who are you? You know? <laughs> and it's like i'm crush's son and it's like ooh, cliffhanger Oof, mic drop so obviously uh this episode opens uh and it's set you know the episode's like two weeks ago and you see the helios warp into this lovely uh planet and you see jack crusher which uh immediately i was like ah wonder who he's named after so i was like okay <laughs> so you see this this gung-ho very <sighs> swashbuckling um type person uh negotiating a deal with the fenris rangers uh for medical supplies because there is this mm. pandemic going on in the planet below uh that these warlords have engineered to uh kill off the people to take the land 
So this swashbuckling um, Dr. Quinn medicine woman <laughs> in space, you know, he gets uh, inspected by the Fenris Rangers and um, he's like, you know, this is all I've got. I'm a medical ship. I've got, I've got IV. I've got this. Yeah. I've got this. He's like, oh, Robbie oh, guns. Yeah. And, he, and I've got Robbie Linnell <laughs> oh, and, and guns. these yeah. guns. Yeah. And I love the bit where he's like, uh, are you trying to bribe me when he's holding the Robbie Linnell? He's like, no, I would never bribe you with that. I would bribe you with this. And he just opened up. <laughs> Big ass rifles. I, yeah, yeah, I thought this is uh, he's he's a very very gung ho. Very, uh, I, I got a lot of um, Jack Sparrow, Nathan Drake from Uncharted type. You know, yeah, very very like I said, swashbuckling and and just uh, happy go lucky uh, person from that. And then obviously it zoomed back to present day where um well, i quite liked fucked. it though where well yeah but i quite liked it where when he was having the negotiation with them he was like going hey we can sell weapons to both sides and make a profit and then sort of like yeah. let them kill each other and you're like that's a lot like in the ds9 episode where quark does that exact thing where like where, you know where quark <laughs> becomes a weapons dealer and whatnot and then and then he's kind of going like hey we could make double the money if we actually armed both sides and they're like why didn't we think of this? You know, like what yeah. but it's yeah, horrible, very... but at the same time. The rules of acquisition, war is good for business. And the other rule of acquisition, that peace <laughs> is good for business. So <laughs> uh, I did like the little twist at the end of that scene where it's like the Fenris Rangers tips off to the woman um, yeah. that, that, that found Jack Cush. And then obviously it goes back to the present day where Picard, Riker and Jack are, are on the Helios and they're, they're facing off against this, this ginormous ship. Mm um in in front of them and you know things are starting to get uh dire you know and they're saying you know beverly's life support pod is is running out of power the life support's failing and you know what are we going to do we've got no engines we've got no this we've got no this and picard's just picard goes back to old picard from the next generation he's like let's open a dialogue let's hail yeah. them let's talk it out let's find out what they want and let's do this and then Jack being this 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 sort of like no nonsense, he's like computer tactical analysis, and it's just basically da 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 da. You fucked, mate. Yeah, I, I love the fact that it's like what what, what is it like sort of uh, certainty of destruction a hundred percent. Okay, computer, that's terrifying. No I, uncertainty I did. whatsoever. <laughs> I, I I just thought you know that was sort of a good. Because Picard was always renowned for that um, in the next generation, where it's like, let's have a conference, let's talk it out. And Jack's just like, we could do that, but they're still going to blow us into the bits. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't think they I, <laughs> I, I really like how this situation, like, you know, how this whole scene played out kind of thing. I don't know if it's this bit or the next scene, but like where they have the transporter, like, um, what are they called? But basically where they mess transporters up. The transporter inhibitors. Yeah, it's a bit odd though, because have we seen them before? Because you know in Next Gen where they yes. had the transport, like where they had the big sticks where they were like, oh, these, these increase the transporter range. So when they oh, go yeah, to the like, enhancers. Planet, they use yeah. them and I'm like, oh, this is the opposite. And it's a bit more compact. Uh, so I quite they, like that, like the two different technologies exist to help transporters and also to hinder them. But they uh, create I, a, I quite like yeah. that though. Yeah, they create a dampening field uh, to stop people uh, being beamed out. Um, and then obviously, yeah. you're quite right, you've got the transporter enhancers, which were the big lighty sticks. Um, <laughs> it's just like, just like, oh, put these guys like these massive tent pegs. And they're like, okay, that fix the transporter. But who collects the tent pegs after they've beamed up? That's what I want to know, because they're always yeah, depositing on these worlds. Up. 
Yeah, exactly. I think they, maybe they just give up on them. Maybe they just kind of leave them, and then sort of years later, an alien race is going to be like, "What the hell are these things? It's a triangle <laughs> of these weird stick things." Is, it, is that what Stonehenge is? Is Stonehenge imagine just like a transport that. enhancer? Is it? Is it? Is it, is it we imagine... left behind ages ago. Oh my god! Into Darkness would have been a completely different scene if instead of the Enterprise, <laughs> it was just transport inhibitors, and they suddenly turn these inhibitors into <laughs> some sort of Stonehenge esque monument and shrine to these little <laughs> ten pegs with a light. But um, so we go we go back from the Helios to the Titan, and uh, we have uh, I think the theme of this episode, and people will understand why uh, the theme of the episode is standoff. I got from this. There's a lot of standoffs mm. in this episode, and the 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 next scene after uh, the Helios is um, obviously the Titan is outside. Uh, it's still in Federation space, looking at the writing system, um, and they're saying, you know, we can something's going on. You know, there's, there's this massive ship, and but it's it's definitely packing. And I like the fact that Liam yeah. Shaw's like, oh, whatever it is, it's definitely packing. And <laughs> there's this this bit of tension between Seven and uh, Shaw. Where she's like, we have to go. We have to go and rescue them. Something's going wrong. We have to go yeah. and go get them. And Charles is like, no, absolutely not. We're not doing anything. Yeah. You're relieved. And I just thought, oh damn. Well, the the thing is, it's really odd because obviously the friend who I was speaking to about it the other day, like he he pointed out like how much Shaw's kind of. I like Shaw in this episode. Like I'm liking mm. Shaw as a character. I kind of thought yeah. he was like a bit going to be a one shot. Like oh, he's a guy who's a dickhead. And we'll never see yeah. him again. Like, yeah, yeah. and then in this one, you're like, oh, you kind of. I'm getting that kind of explanation of why he's like that kind of thing. Because because like I think maybe we touched on it last last week, but um. We've got to think about like Picard and Riker, maybe their legacy, because we've seen stuff that the rest of the galaxy probably haven't. So like, yeah. you know, we've seen them in Trek and like, you know, the episodes and we've seen that everything is kind of considered and stuff. But mm -hmm. like maybe to the rest of the world, they do get seen as this gung ho kind of like, oh, you went and did this and you went off and did that and you attacked mm -hmm. the Borg and things. So you kind of just go like, yeah, maybe their note in history, their legacy to the Federation is one of being gung-ho rather than what it actually was, you know, from the episodes. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of sympathize with him a bit kind of thing. And also in the recap at the beginning, I loved how sharp it was. They just cut it. So it digitally got like, oh yeah, we're going to go to the writing system. No. And it's like, oh, okay, right. Okay, they've summed that scene up fairly well. But um, I, 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 love that, I really yeah. like him putting it in context and like Seven putting it in context to him though, being like, hey, do you want to be the reason why two legends died? Like, you know, and yeah, I think that's a I think she deals with it like really well and obviously wins him over. Yeah. But then yeah, like obviously, yeah, I, I like it. I, I kind of I'm understanding him as a character now, and I think that gives him a lot more depth than characters we've seen previously in Picard. He's I mean you you do raise a good point there because obviously we as viewers, uh, we would see stuff. Say, like if this was, you know, in universe, these people wouldn't have seen what everyone else had seen or what the the crew of the Enterprise D had seen and the Enterprise E had seen. And you know, if you if you if you look at Shaw, who, judging from the the bio that was on, because uh, because CBS the the Star Trek Instagram page put like little bios before the series started, and they were like, this is the mm. this is the Titan, this is Liam Shaw and stuff, and they were like, he was a former engineer. And you're like, right, okay. So you could sort of understand why, because engineers by the book, technical, you know, 
everything's very structured like he said last week he likes structure and you can sort of understand why he is by the book and if he's read you know the bio of picard if you if you look at picard's (laughs) service history like yeah (laughs) if you look at picard's service history it's like right okay he was captain of the stargazer at 33 stargazer was destroyed okay he was captain of the enterprise d for seven years enterprise d destroyed Okay, he was captain of the <laughs> Enterprise. He he rammed the fucking ship into another ship, <laughs> and you're like, oh, so yeah. you, you also can the sort Picard of maneuver, yeah. the Picard maneuver, which is one yeah. of the craziest things that you can kind of do in a battle, kind of thing. And also, like the fact that even in his academy days, he was like a wild child who got like had to have a heart replaced because he you know kept picking. He got fights. stabbed by a Norsican. Yeah. And you're like, everyone goes, Captain Kirk. Oh, Captain Kirk, because the rebel, he slept with it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Captain Picard was the unhinged nutcase of Starfleet. Yeah. Kirk was actually really cool, calm, collected. He was intelligent. Yeah. Picard was just so rebellious and off the chain. No I mean, wonder. Starfleet, Starfleet's like profile of him probably isn't going to go like, oh, likes Earl Grey tea and uh, what is it? And likes playing the little flute wearing... Weird, <laughs> you know, like, you know, playing his little flute and listening to classical music and stuff, and he's just kind of like, yeah, probably isn't going to mention that, but it doesn't mention how many ships he destroyed. It's going to mention yeah. like how many fights he got into, you know. But obviously, I mean, going continuing on the destroyed ships thing, we go back to the Helios, <laughs> and it's like you know the the same right, okay, the Helios, we can't do anything with the Helios. We need to get Beverly into the shuttle. We need to leg it into the shuttle to the Titan. So we hope, you know, we hope the Titan's still here and like Liam. Um, not Liam, uh, Jack is preparing it. And then obviously the ship destroys the shuttle. So you're like, oh, there's another ship destroyed. Um, <laughs> I did like the little note though, when the scene, when it's the exterior scene and you see in the debris that the shuttle call is called Savic. Now, I didn't little, realize that a little bit of law fear here, Graham, the original Titan. So there's been three Titans in mm. Starfleet. There was one, uh, that was commissioned in 2290 and was captained by Captain Savick, who mm. was the Savick from The Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, and The Voyage right. Hope. Yeah. She commanded the original Titan. So it was a little nod to that, but it was also a little nod to Kirstie Alley. Uh, yeah. may, she, may she rest in peace. Um, yeah, so there's been three Titans. So there was the Shangri-La class, uh, and then Riker's the Lunar class, which is obviously built into this one. Uh, so that was there was that lovely little nod there, but... Again, another ship is absolutely bloody destroyed. <laughs> you know, Picard's reign of insurance claims is never. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, to be imagine? fair, I think I think he's challenging the Dominion for the amount of ships that he's destroyed. <laughs> like... It's it's insane. When you take a step back and you're like, oh damn, yeah, he he actually has like destroyed quite a. And they what what pissed me off is like they give Sydney LaForge stick in the first episode ah crash LaForge you crashed two shuttles yeah <laughs> he should have popped back and said hang on a minute Stargazer <laughs> yeah, Enterprise D Enterprise E <laughs> oh hey lads you fucked up way more than I have but I know there's no the money thing about rank though it's the fact that even if you're right you're still not allowed to you know like if that oh, you're totally place but but uh I mean, so then obviously we go back to uh Metallis Prime there, shout out to Terry, you egotistical little minx you for naming a whole <laughs> planet after yourself. And we go back to, to Rafi on the Las Harina, um, reading the news report about the recruiting station being destroyed, 117 people dead. And a handler just basically saying, stand down. 
we know who it is. And she's like, oh, wait. Because it's a, and I got his name. It was a Laroque Toluco. They were like, this low-level Romulan separatist has, has done this. And she's like, are you really yeah. telling me that this, this low-level pleb, for want of a better word, did all this? Come on. It must be someone else. Yeah. It must be someone else. And the handler's like, stand down, stand down, stand down. No, no, I'm going to do it myself. And she just absolutely yeah. hangs up. Um, nice quick scene, I thought. I mean, we, we got Raffi still reeling from what happened. And you can tell she's blaming herself. Yeah. As she has done in previous series. Where she should be blaming a handler, but she does. She blames herself and she also blames a handler to be like, hey, if you'd give me a bone, like I would have maybe yeah. been able to prevent this. Because I think throughout the episode, it's clear that they're doing, you know, that the, the intelligence is hiding something where yeah. it's clear that it wasn't this guy. And they're just like, oh, well, we're not going to investigate it. So I know I'll be I'll be a bit annoyed if it turns out to be another like fed federation conspiracy or something where it turns out to be like oh it's another inside job or something like oh, little you know, bugs like in it, the mouth <laughs> well you know it's because it's obviously season one was like oh there's traitors in starfleet and you're like yeah. great we've done that um you know and especially <laughs> what i was saying last week about like going why are there no good captain why are there no good people in starfleet anymore um I hope no, I have to say, though, I am absolutely loving Raffi in this. Like, I, I gave them the stick, but it's the fact that I didn't think they got used as a character much. But all of their scenes in this episode, I'm like, this is what Raffi needed. Raffi needed time on her own, doing stuff, showing emotion without being like a sort of responder to someone else's conversation. Like, yeah. And I, I really I really like this. So, yeah, Raffi's very much grown on me through this episode. It was a it was a nice quick scene because then we snap back you know we snap straight back to uh, the Titan and the uh, Shaw's in the ready room and and Seven comes in because Seven doesn't give a shit she's relieved what you're gonna do so she <laughs> well, just, she's already given up like we saw last week she's a bit like man I'm a bit sick of stuff she, she's well and truly checked out yeah I mean you know I, I I put that down to Rick Berman and I know Rick Berman's not in universe but I still think she's still pissed at Rick Berman for putting on that spandex. Do you know, I think this is this all stems from that. So yeah. she she goes into the ready room and and like you mentioned earlier, she does that great speech to Shaw where she's like, "You could be the hero that saves heroes, or you could be remembered for letting heroes, you know, letting heroes yeah. die." And I, I thought, mean, what we've I'll seen, die. like the the whole thing about if we if we learn if we take one thing away from Next Generation, it's that the job of a Starfleet captain is to run around trying to control insane admirals because that is that is every plot in the next gen like everything yeah. is literally like hey we made a spaceship that has a cloaking device but it's all messed up we need a captain to come and like help us out it's like you know it's oh we've decided that like data's like sort of not really a person kind of thing like we need to and it literally so now picard is on the other side of that where he's the crazy admiral coming along and messing up like a captain's day and you're like yeah sure these are the rules this is what being in starfleet is yeah and uh it, it's it again another another really quick scene um that that just snaps straight back to the helios uh, mm. where it's like all hope is lost and they're being tracked in uh by this mysterious ship and then obviously the titan just zooms in and cuts it um, that is great. That, I that love is a that good so scene. Yeah, that was that yeah. was because you know, I mean, this is a trope in Star Trek where it's just like, oh, there's another ship coming in, blah blah blah. But the way that this is done, it's just yeah. literally zip, and it's there. And um, Shaw's like, yeah, okay. And Shaw, this is for me when 
Shaw starts to take on another dimension for me because he's like, he doesn't want to be here, but he's like, God damn it, I'm not going to be that person. You know, yeah. I'm not, I am a dick, but I'm not going to be that much of a dick. So <laughs> they do the analysis and they try and beam him up with, they've got those transport inhibitors and Picard's just like, oh, fuck it, just shoots them. Um, yeah. They've already, I mean, the reason. Really great say, aim for an old, for an oh, old guy. Really that, great that's aim. stunning aim. But I should say the reason why they've got transport inhibitors is obviously because they try and beam up Jack and no yeah. one else. And that's how, you know, they're like, they're not after Beverly. They're not after the ship. They're after you. Yeah. So obviously the Titan comes in, they destroy the transport inhibitors and they beam them all up uh, to uh, the Titan. Um, and it then goes to, it goes back to Metallus uh, where Rafi meets up with her ex-husband. Yeah, I'm really confused. But like, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna speak from a, a gay perspective for a bit. I'm a bit annoyed that there's like there's no gay characters in Trek, and it's literally just sort of it's it's like bisexual women, and it's just this idea where like Seven's like you know I don't know, and it feels a bit weird that they're kind of flipping the characters around a lot, where they're going, oh well, they're women, but they're bisexual when we want them to be, and it's like, and obviously that is a that is a true thing. There's a lot of bisexual people in the world, but it feels a bit annoying not to kind of just be like, look, okay, this person, you know, is a lesbian, or this person is straight, or whatnot, because it feels a bit, maybe I'm too cynical about it, kind of thing. Mm. But but then again, she, uh, Rafi's like, um. Uh, son was referenced in season one, weren't they? And whatnot. I think, I think that's why yeah. I'm annoyed. Like as a as a yeah. gay person, I'm annoyed about the Raffi and Seven thing that it seemed to be thrown in in season one as fan service, which is more insulting than it is helpful. Uh, and then obviously they kind of did some stuff with it in two, and then they've forgotten about it in this one, and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, here's your husband and kid. And we're gonna go pursue that kind of thing. But I got a bit annoyed with this scene, though, because it's one of those ones where I don't get why he gives her a bizarre choice. You know, like, he gives her, like, a weird choice, and you're like, no, no, you could do both. Like, you know. It's, yeah, I mean. You know, where he's like, okay, you can either, I can either tell you where, um, what's his name, Sneed is, mm. or you can ask me to uh, speak to your son for you. And it's like, you could do both, though. Like, you know. Getting Sneed is saving the world and like doing mm. this whole thing. And then it just, it feels like a weird thing to do. It was a very, <laughs> it was a very weird, I mean, I, I love that we get uh, a little bit of background with Rafi and we, you know, we meet the ex-husband. Um, but yeah, it's like, she's not even lying on this. She's like, look, I work for Starfleet Intelligence. There yeah. is this threat. And you know Bear in mind that this is still what District Six, and then District Seven literally had a fucking building yeah. dropped on it. You know, the cake is a lie. This is real. Dropped <laughs> on it, yeah. and it's like I'm working for Starfleet Intelligence. This has just happened, and he's like, "I'll give you a choice." And you're like, oh, like "Yeah, well, it really why are you took focusing it out on all this other stuff when your son could need you?" And it's like literally trying to solve a disaster yeah. that just happened and it's like you know and, and i feel like this it could have been changed to say you know do you not understand what has just happened could happen again because we don't know who has got this they could literally dump anything on anyone at any given time 
And he's yeah. like, well, I could either take you to the Ferengi or I could take you to your son. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of get the idea that he's asking her to give up Starfleet. He's kind of going, hey, let someone else do it. And like, you know, like, oh, you know, you can't be in this dangerous thing and also like have a relationship with your son. And it's like, yeah. going, I don't know. I think it's a weird choice without any sort of preamble to it. And the first mm. time that we've met this kind of character. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it, it didn't sit well with me, I think. So <laughs> she... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I love that. I love the scene though. Like, and like I say, I'm loving getting to see a bit more of Rafi as a three dimensional character. So she makes the the decision to to obviously have a, a meeting arranged with Sneed. I, I love the name. I love the name Sneed. You know, if <laughs> if you want a slimy, sneaky character, yeah. why don't we just mix them together and call him Sneed? Can you imagine if they just named it like a Ferengi, like Derek or something, or like sort of Derek Gary. the Ferengi, <laughs> like Gary the well, Ferengi? You know, let's he let's be honest. For business, it's it's twenty four or two. It's the year twenty four or two. Why do humans have to have human names? Why do Ferengi yeah. have to have Ferengi names? Couldn't a Ferengi be called Jempok? You know, a Klingon name. And yeah, there will be a name. There will be a Ferengi called Gary. <laughs> Somewhere, Gary the Ferengi. <laughs> Gary the Ferengi is is out in the Alpha Quadrant hawking Sluggo Caller. Yes, Sluggo. Um, Sluggo Caller. Um, but yeah, it was yeah. So it was it, that was for me. That was a low point of the of the episode for me. That uh, I, where she, where he made her choose. I thought there was no need for that. Yeah, I think I think that's it. But I I will say though, that I'm like I'm really enjoying the I'm really enjoying um, having the Ferengi in it. Like having a Ferengi character because it ties mm. it so well into the rest of the kind of series. Because yes. you know what we're saying, where we're getting new Star Trek stuff, and then they're like, "Let's create another race for this," or "Let's create a new race of things." And you're like, "No, you have plenty. You you can use the you know these well established are... things." Yeah, so it's we, great we are actually having another having a Ferengi character in it, even if he's the only Ferengi we meet in this season. I'm like, cool, tick the box for me. I love it. Yeah, Although, we... I will say though, in the scene where they meet, obviously jumping ahead a bit, like hmm. I wasn't impressed with his lobes. He, uh, those were pretty. They were were they smaller lobes than normal? Oh, we, we we'll we'll get we'll get to the yeah. lobes because I I do have uh yes I I do have something to raise about the lobes. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll we'll discuss <laughs> we'll that on. when we get to it. Yeah. So, um, again, straight back to the Titan in the writing system. Uh, Titan writing Crichton. Um, <laughs> uh, again, standoff. Um, so you know. Seven's on the bridge, and she's saying to Shaw, "Look, we've got everyone now. Let's just pop a clutch, go. Yeah, we we don't want to hang around." Shaw, for me, this was this was quite a, a turnaround for Shaw because, as a by the book person, you'd be like, "Yep, we've got everything. There's a threat. Let's hop foot and do that." And he's mm. like, "No, no, no. I want to see who we're dealing with." And I, see, I, think... I I quite like it though because I'd say the opposite to you. I'd say that it's good that he because he is so by the book. He was like, okay, well, we've gone into the neutral zone. Like it's not mm. neutral zone. We've gone out of Federation space. We've got ourselves into this situation. I'm going to have to write a report about it. Let's find out a bit more. Like it, that kind of felt oh, a did, bit yeah. more by the book rather than being like, yeah, yeah, we jumped around and we did all this and we got ourselves in danger. But let's just skirt over that. So I do kind of like that, like this happened, 
Uh, and I, although I love the line, what is it, where they beam them all over and he's basically like, we're basically a hotel now. Let's just get all of them. Oh, you know, it's like, I, I love that. Wanting to, oh, there's four life signs. Oh, well, all of them. You know, I love that line. I got serious dad energy uh, from, from when he said <laughs> Daddy, that. Daddy. Daddy energy. You know, <laughs> when, when, you've, when you've had a fire and it's like, you've got your friends around, oh, wow, yeah, come in. It's like an hotel now. It's like, it's like Grand Central Station in here. It's um, one of those. It's one of those lines, yeah. like, oh, it's like Blackpool Illuminations in here. Yeah, like, the light on. Yeah, like that is yes. the most northern, you know, common phrase that every child, every heard. northern person in the world, would have heard that at one stage in their life. That, or we are bloody born in a field. You, <laughs> yeah, you would have, it. yeah, you would have that. But this scene for me was was my favorite scene because we finally, finally get to see Vedic because a ship comes about about to the titan yeah and then you know oh we're being hailed and it's vedic and it's amanda Plummer, the daughter of christopher Plummer, who was general chan mm-hmm. from the undiscovered country so a great uh uh callback to uh, the undiscovered country with that her performance uh throughout the scene is phenomenal because she just she gave off this terrifyingly uh, calm, happy face, but I could fuck you up at the drop of a hat yeah. vibe. I, I absolutely adored her. Like, I absolutely was just like, this is an amazing character. This is an amazing... I don't know if they are a villain. Like, you know, I'm not mm. going to jump the gun and say that they're like you know, a massive villain. It might be one of these things like the Romulan guy from the first one. I've forgotten his name because I don't care. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how much I hated him. Yeah. But where he basically became a sort of good guy by the end of the series. Um, mm. And I think it's a lot like that where it's, but but the fact is like, it was, it's really difficult to do crazy and unhinged because you have very few options. You can either be sort of like, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker crazy where it's so blatant and it's like, yeah. you know, there's not, it's not even hidden. Uh, or you can like do a more sort of far subtler one, like I don't know, um, American Psycho kind of thing. And then she <laughs> does it really well, where you can see that it's under the surface. So like, there's little, you know, little crazy nods, and her phrasing changes, and she's a bit like you can tell that she's putting on a face, and she could explode at any moment, and that she's kind of gracing you with this is me talking to you. You know, like she's amused by everything rather than being bored by it. And I just thought it was amazing, like to put that across and do it so well that I, it was like the Borg Queen where I just go like, I want to see more of you. Could you just be in every scene? You're like, you know, and that's what you want from a new character. She, she, uh, because obviously she she interacts with the crew and she knows everyone on that bridge. And she's like, Liam Shaw. And like, to the point where she knows his psyche, Val. And you're like, oh, damn, what what is... What is under Captain Shaw's uniform? I think he just says dick. Yeah, <laughs> he loaded up the psycho and it's like dick. dick. Like, oh, Daddy energy. <laughs> it's my dick. notes from last week. Yeah. Um, Daddy energy dick. But, to be fair, that's my grinder profile right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the what are you looking for? Okay. But she then we then get finally Jean-Luc Picard in the synthetic <laughs> flesh. Finally, someone has gone oh damn do you remember in season one when we turned him into an android yes this guy <laughs> knows 
So why doesn't anyone else mention it? Um, I, I love that where she she did that. Um, and basically, she's like, "I'm a bounty hunter. Uh, Jack's got a considerable reward for him. Give him back, or I'm going to put a hole in you." And it's like, yeah. right, okay. So that's her demand, and she's like, "You've got an hour." So then they go through the background and stuff, and they're like, "Well, who's who? Who is this Vedic?" And obviously, Starfleet's got no fucking clue because she's been operating outside of Federation space, Fenris mm. Rangers, which sure has that little dig, you know, the mm, the the ranger folk and uh, she's you know seven says well you know there were being murmurings about a person who is literally i mean didn't the, the con officer say that she's got every weapon under the sun plus something they don't know about and Shaw's yeah. like we get it you know we get it she's she's locked cocked and ready to rock we know i like how ludicrous this shit is like considering like you know in ds9 you have like the defiant where it's basically they gave it so many weapons that it just doesn't really function as a ship very well you know it's, it's like that's why it's they didn't a ship make on loads steroids of yeah yeah because they were like hey this kind of isn't really good at a lot of stuff but it's got a lot of guns on it and you just go like hang on so we're saying that like the defiant is this and yet this has more weapons and still seems to function you're like it is the most ludicrously overpowered thing and it's like how, how I, many I guns do you need? explain it i i hope yeah. maybe they kind of go into whether she's got like a massive crime syndicate like you know whether it's like as big as the uh orion syndicate or something to explain how she has this implausible ship but you know the I mean, like I say, she gives him a she she gives him an ultimatum, and then she does one of the for me one of the most badass things where she's like, "I'll do something," you know, basically, "I'll do something just to show you I'm not bluffing," and literally yeets a starship <laughs> into the tight. Like I have never seen that in Star Trek, and I was so bloody impressed. Where it's like, "Oh damn!" She doesn't even have to fire a gun; she just baseballs a ship yeah. into the ship and just to see it just yeeted into the titan and fucked up i was like oh damn she she mean business you yeah. know she and she also, absolutely i absolutely loved um laforge's uh explanation of it where <laughs> just going yeah my dad basically said that you could always weaponize every aspect of science and physics and you're like yeah yeah, yeah god damn it yeah absolutely sydney but then they find out uh because they're going to the wet uh, the the ready room um and seven goes because because Shaw goes to seven. Who is this Jack Crusher? And she pulls up. And she goes, hands him a pad. And Riker and uh, Picard are like basically saying to Jack, "We need to know why he wants you. You know why why she wants you. You know this is this is more than just you now. This is this is your mother. This is everyone." And then Shaw just basically comes in and says, "He's a con man." So it sort of goes. So in this scene, it's like, all right. So the cliffhanger that he's his son. Maybe that that. It's not Beverly's son. Maybe he's just a con man that's maybe said to her, I'm your son from being cloned yeah. or, or or whatever. So it's like, okay, so he's not his son. And he gets arrested and Seven gets relieved of duty because Shaw's just had enough now. He's like, you know, because yeah. he, like he said to Vedic, I was having a good morning up until now. So again, <laughs> daddy energy, dick energy, Monday morning energy. Absolutely. I'm on board with this now. Because yeah, if I've not like had a coffee episode and this one, I'm like kind of actually kind of siding with you a little bit. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, so struggle. you've not had, you've been woken up early. You've not had a coffee. You've had a shuttlecraft nicked and you've had a ship yeeted into your own <laughs> ship. Yeah. I would sort of be pissed off as well. So yeah, yeah Liam, you, you're going up slightly in my book, mate. So 
Yeah. So well, well, what I'll do is I'll get my notes where I just say "sure dick" and I'll just put question mark after "dick" and be like, "Dick." Yeah. dick? <laughs> <laughs> but then we get this lovely mini scene in the turbo lift between Riker and Picard, where Riker, you know, Picard's like, "We have to, we have to come up with a plan. We have to do this." And Riker's just like, "Do you not see what I am seeing?" Yeah. And he's like, "Come on, John Luke, I can see this. You two must see it." And then you're like, yeah. oh damn, oh, could it could it be Jean Luc's son? And that and then move on to obviously the uh it's it's kind of interesting because with that with that like you know that potential reveal, it did make me go like actually he is very much like that. Because I was kind of going, Oh, he's not really is he really like Picard? And then and then you think about the previous scenes and you're like, Yeah, pretty much. Like if Picard hadn't have had the uh the incident with the Norsecans, because obviously we've got a whole episode with Q and whatnot. Yeah. about like Picard was a wild wild child and then if he hadn't have had that you know that incident he wouldn't have become the tame thing that he ended up being and it's so weird kind of going hey if this is his son this is basically what he would have been like he would have been like a you know like off the chain swashbuckling adventurer yeah. seeking and that's out kind of what we see him. like and so that's why the the scene with the transport dampeners was so good because you got to see like you know the wild sort of hey we can fight this out we can do something we can escape you know like panicky mm. kind of thing and then obviously then picard actually being like nope let, let's sort this out right first things first and it's interesting that you know like yeah it's kind of I, seeing that other part of Picard, that other side of Picard, I think. I, I love that because obviously we, we stay on the Titan a little bit more and they have the, the, the little turbo lift scene and then Picard goes to the brig and Picard's got this one-on-one -on -one with with himself and Jack. Um, yeah. And he's just, you know, he's, he's just, he, he wants to know why does this all-powerful bounty hunter want you? And Jack's like, I don't know, you know. <laughs> Daughters, <laughs> daughters, fathers, yeah. yeah. Low-level gangsters, yeah. Not one of the most powerful per people in the galaxy with more guns than Navarone. And he just like, yeah, okay, right, fine. And then it just it, it all boils over, and then just Picard goes, "Who's your father?" And then instantaneously, yeah. like without thinking, I've never had one. And you're like, oh. yeah. And Picard's like, oh, piss. Although yeah. it could have been phrased as, "Who is your daddy, and what does he do?" Which is, yeah. you know, the only acceptable way to ask that question. But then we see the glimmer there in in that scene where Jack is like, he's still concerned about Beverly, and he's like, he, he's still saying his mother, you know, his mother, yeah. um, and he's willing to sacrifice himself. And he's like, if sacrificing me means my mother is safe and all this ends and this conversation ends, I love mm. that bit. Then <laughs> all, but you know, that's it. We'll do it. But uh, then. After this scene, which I thought was brilliant, we go straight back to Metallus Prime and mm. in one of the better scenes where <laughs> she, goes, she goes to meet Sneed, who cracks her up in a what, Graham? Sluggo Cola! The slimiest cola in the galaxy. galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> which is wonderful. It, I, I, I would like to know whether it is still the slimiest cola in the galaxy, but I love that this is just a nod. These, This is the kind of fan service. Like, it's not the kind of, look at what we're doing for the fans, like, that you get in a lot of stuff. This is literally, like, if you know what it is, you'll get it. And I love it. It's a. I, I'm wondering whether the beautiful Lumbar, one of the only uh, women I will probably sleep with, um, whether her advice works and it is now her drink. Uh, oh damn! Yeah, or or not? I don't know how it's marketed in this kind of thing, but obviously, hopefully, it's still doing better I mean, than Eelvasa. 
if if anyone who's actually worked on Star Trek or anyone from Paramount is is watching, moderating, <laughs> watching, and waiting to take us down, yeah. you are really, really missing a trick with a Romulan ale drink, which you used to yeah. do, Sluggo Cola, Canar. <laughs> come on. What would I always wonder this? Sorry, I'm gonna go. I'm going back to DS9 again. What does Canar taste like? Because I kind of I think it might be port. For some reason, every time I port see it, syrup. I think it might just be green port. Port syrup. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're missing a trick here. Lay like pancakes with some canar. Come on. <laughs> we just had Shrove Tuesday, so it's like, oh, what are you putting on it? Canar. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So we <laughs> get to meet Sneed. Now, let's, Graham, talk about the lobes. The lobes. Do you reckon he has the lobes for business? Because they are tiny as anything, no. I, I'm, I'm extremely happy. After Discovery season three, when we mm. saw Ferengi in the thirty-second century, I am extremely happy that Terry Metalis has gone. Nope, these Ferengi, nothing else. These yeah. Ferengi, brilliant. His lobes and his—I mean, the makeup was a bit more real, and I think obviously makeup uh, artistry and uh, prosthetics has, has advanced yeah. in the, the 20 years since DS9 when we last saw Ferengi. Yeah. Um, but the lobes could have been bigger. I if think this it's dude, an interesting one. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe, he's a, maybe it's a female or maybe they're like, I don't know. Is it maybe like in the middle? I don't know. I, I mean, obviously no Ferengi is going to be the same, but he does yeah. not have the lobes for business. Uh, I mean, those yeah. would be quick umaks. That's all I'm going to say. I, I think he's overcompensating. I think that that's the whole thing. I, I think this whole yeah. thing of the the whole whatever scheme he's involved in or this, I think that's you know him overcompensating for you know disappointing. Loops. But speaking of oh, we're speaking having this of, conversation, well, of course, <laughs> just, you know, it just dawned on me that we're having this conversation. Lobe chat with Goodwill and Graham. Welcome to Lobe Chat with me, Lomba. <laughs> <laughs> Come and listen with your lobes. The <laughs> Speaking of DS9, though, I love the little callback for the baseball. Mm, and I yeah. did I did wonder, I mean, it's highly doubtful, but I did wonder, I was like, is that Cisco's from his desk? I'm, I'm, you know what, though? It's like, because this season, I'm like, I'm enjoying it so much from two episodes. I'm like, this is really good. I'm actually getting the, the, the fuzz in my thing of going, are we going to see Cisco? Is that going to be one of a crazy reveal or something? Or are we actually going to get something in that direction and i'm kind of going like oh god maybe you know like maybe I, this might be with the amount I, of ds9 sort of references so far in two episodes you're like i i have it on good authority i i won't name sources um because of nda's i yeah. have it on good authority that there are more cameos than we know from previous cast members yeah we don't know if it's Avery Brooks, I will legitimately lose my shit because Imagine, like, Avery he, Brooks is amazing. It's it's really strange, like because I, I think Avery Brooks is a lot like um oh like I've totally forgotten her name who plays Troy in Next Generation. Um, Marina Sirtis. Yeah, sorry, why couldn't I remember that? No, uh, it's a lot like that way. When you hear their normal voice, you're just like, oh, wow, you've been putting on a voice that much. Like, you know, you don't sound anything like your character. And then, like, hearing Avery Rooks and just being like, oh, wow, okay. He's like, yeah. you know, this crazy sort of sexy jazz voice and stuff. And then he just kind of loses all of it for, like, uh, to play Cisco. 
But no, I, I think I thought this scene was absolutely wonderful. I really liked the um, thing. I like the mention of Section 31, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a bit crazy that you're going, maybe, you know, is Raffi and her handler, who we meet in a little bit, are they working for intelligence or are they actually part of Section 31? And it's kind of amazing to think that not only is it still around, but also it's common knowledge now. So you wonder whether in canon Bashir's helped with that. Because I know one of the threads that he was left with was basically, oh, um, he's going to sort of sort Section 31 out. Mm. Is it common knowledge in the underworld, maybe? Because obviously this is outside of the Federation. It's just like they need to know their enemies. And Sec 31 would probably be uh one of their enemies but yeah this this scene was was good i mean obviously we, we had a little baseball and then a fucking grenade just sat <laughs> casually on a shelf and you're like yeah. dude disarm then put it on your shelf that's all i'm <laughs> gonna say but then obviously you know cracks up at a cold slug or call with the boys <laughs> um and she she's raffi's there because she wants to know who got this bottle tech who stole it from daystrom because yeah. she's like Come on, you know, Luco, he's a low level. He doesn't have the, you know, he doesn't have the balls to pull this off. Yeah. Um, and he Sneed delivers her the ultimatum because he's like, I smell a rat, basically. You know, I think you're Starfleet. You left your husband for Starfleet. You stink of Starfleet. Prove yeah. it to me that you are legit. Take this drug. And God yeah. damn it, Rafi just goes ahead and does it. Yeah. And I think it's good. And I think also the scene played it the right way, where the scene showed the hesitation. It showed the, yeah. oh, this is a big thing. But it's also the idea of, and I quite like it, because obviously in the previous scene, like her husband, her ex-husband was basically saying, I know you need to pay. I, I got through drugs because I had my son. And that was the sort of mm. like the, the rock for me. Mm. And I kind of like the idea of maybe like work and Starfleet is what's getting raffi through this you know like it you know like starfleet intelligence is her rock for this so obviously she's able to do the drugs because she's like hey okay you know it's for my job it's that it it speaks a lot to me that because i think a lot of us use work as a crutch to keep busy so you don't have to think if you if you don't have anything else and work as we all know yeah. is uh, we, we all we all have it we all have people in our jobs kind of thing where you just go oh you have nothing outside of this and that's why you're such a blowhard you know with a lot of stuff because it's yeah. like you do get people where you're just like oh you've been in this job for 40 years and you don't want to change anything or you know and it's yeah. like oh you and you work unpaid like an extra four hours a day it's like oh okay cool you but know, then you've got, got those other people... things in the world yeah but then you've got those people where obviously to stop themselves from thinking do just continue to work i mean i i'm 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 like that i i I have a full-time job and i do nerdy up north as well you know because i definitely don't like to be alone with my mind so (laughs) i I sort of got that but she she takes a drug um and then you know it's a, it's a, he calls it what does he call it the splice away like it feels like you've been taken apart and then dragged back together and then he asks her who you're working for why would you want to take that like i don't I, I maybe know. i'm not a big drug user but it's this idea of just being like sort of go to a transport what you know <laughs> yeah that sounds horrible <laughs> if you want to be taken apart and put back together transport that's all you yeah. need to do actually I, i'm going to reference i loved is this the first time that we've seen proper transporters like done this way i can't remember because you know how they kind of change the graphics up in previous seasons yes this felt like proper transporters like it felt very much like 
the whole beam down. And I loved all of the all sound effects throughout the episode, like, you know, where the when Shaw addresses the whole crew and it does the little whistle thing. I do, yeah. yeah, and just like going little nods like that were great. But yeah, anyway, so it's uh so obviously, yeah, so she she takes the drug and he asks her who you're working for, and she's like, Uko. And he's like, Whoa, you're a seasoned addict. And yeah. uh, then you get the reveal where he's like, well, you can't be working for him because I've got his head in my fridge next to the smuggler <laughs> cola. And you're like, oh, damn. So then uh, out of nowhere, yeah. we see a blade going through a Romulan <laughs> or a Vulcan with green blood. And shit's going south. Raffi's getting higher yeah. and higher as a kite. She passes out and all she sees is this silver, you know, silver head figure and he's slicing and poor yeah. Sneed. May he rest in uh, pieces. Uh, because he gets <laughs> taken off, yeah, and she gets picked up. And who do we see? We see Daddy Wolf, Daddy Wolf, in his grey head, silver fox glory. And we get that goddamn Klingon music where he's like, <laughs> "I told you to disengage." It's like, duh, 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 duh. I got goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps now. Just, just. Yeah remembering that and i'm like oh it's what and he's back <laughs> i the the, pro, the only problem is obviously like i agree with what you're saying daddy wolf wonderful sort of like you know, silver <laughs> uh silver fox and stuff but no i don't i don't feel happy about referring to wolf as a dad considering his track record like we won't go into it but like alexander who yeah if anyone <laughs> deserves not to be a daddy it's wolf you know just like oh i forgot you existed alexander <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wouldn't it be class if Alexander comes into this series? See, I quite liked it. I mean, oh, DS9 again, but, you know, in yeah. DS9 where they actually expand Alexander and they give him a lot more character when he's grown up and stuff, I'd really like to see more of that. I don't know if, what the actor's doing. I, you know, don't know if they're still, like, around and stuff, but it's the idea of... It would be interesting to expand on that, but obviously, yeah, it would be. I think is not it... a good thing, a reference for Wolf. It will be something good to tie up on. And obviously, we we don't know uh, what Worf has been doing for the last 20 years because uh, the last we saw, he was a he was a Klingon ambassador and then he rejoined Starfleet. So we don't know why he rejoined Starfleet for Nemesis. And then that mm. was it. So to have Worf, um, I was like, yeah, here we go. The old gang's getting back. But then we get and to also, the... And also, I, I love that this scene, we finally get to see Worf actually kill people. Because obviously the previous thing in previous season uh, series and stuff where it's like going, hey, he's this amazing warrior, but you can't really show blood. You can't really yeah. have him uh, killing people or anything like that. You can't have him using a battleth properly. So it's actually kind of refreshing to be like, yeah, here is what what should what would have been happening in the next gen episodes and DS9 episodes if you know if it was after the watershed, you know. As long as there's no uh uh barrels perched on a high-rise <laughs> shelf. Oh god, break his back. he probably still has nightmares about barrels. His greatest <laughs> fall has always been the goddamn barrel. <laughs> <laughs> but then we we uh so he he carries off Rafi. Uh, and then we get to the final scene, uh, back to the Titan, uh, where they've got 15 minutes left. And mm. uh, Picard goes back to Shaw and he's like, we, we, we're going to have to come up with a plan. You know, we're going to have to. And Shaw is having none of it. Shaw is like, look, yeah. this dude is a con man. I don't care if he's your ex-girlfriend's son. I'm handing him over. We've got 500 uh, souls aboard this ship. Yeah. It's not worth it. I'm handing it over. And this was the scene where I was like, I agree. In, to to some to some yeah thing, I agree because 
Bearing in mind, Jack has not claimed immunity. He's not claimed asylum, not yeah. immunity, asylum. Um, and he is actively shown, uh, or he's actively said to Picard that I, you know, I will rather give myself up. Um, yeah. But then, and, and he is a criminal. Like we, we can't yeah. skirt over the fact of like he probably has caused genocide, you know, in various ways. But but then we get the the communication from Vedic uh, because Picard is saying, pre, you know, before this that saying to open a dialogue. He does it again. He's like, open a dialogue. Let's talk. Let's yeah. stand down by standing up. And I thought, right, okay, this is this is next gen Picard. This is what yeah, he we're did. getting to see Picard at last after three after two seasons. Yeah. We're finally going. Oh, this feels like Picard. You know. Yeah. So before they can do that, Vedic opens up and she she. Just rouse off this really intimidating speech where she's like, you know, it's been centuries since clocks had a mechanical thing where you got the tick tock, and she's like, if you don't, if you know, if you don't return him, I, I, you know, because her ship's named the the Shrike. The, the Shrike. Named after- it's really odd because she says she says um, a Shriek, and I always thought thought it was Shrike from the I way think it's spelled, I but- think it's Shrike, but I think she's got an accent in this. Yeah, um, but I, then, I don't know. It's one of those ones where I've like never heard it out loud, so probably. Yeah, probably but it was it was how she pronounces it. She was like, "Do you know why I've named it the Shrike? It's because the Shrike is this little bird that doesn't doesn't harm or have malice, and only uh, only eats when it's hungry, and it'll peck at you." And that's yeah, why like, I'll with surgical you precision, so it attacks yeah. you with surgical precision rather than violence, you know. And I'm like, she she just runs off. She doesn't doesn't give him a time to speak or anything like that. And she's like. If you don't return him, I will peck at you and I'll do it system by system and I will take everything that you are and everything that your ship is until you regret uh, not returning him. And then she just cuts off. And then just goes, oh, so much for standing up then. And just looks at Picard because <laughs> he's like, where is this famous next-gen Picard <laughs> now, sonny boy? And you're like, oh, damn. Because Picard's just absolutely speechless. But then... We see Jack break out of uh, his cell, give it the old Glasgow kiss to the security guard. I was like, what? Yeah. What seafood, Jimmy? Um, and then he's legging it, and then they've got a security breach, and then seven of nine, she's like, I don't care if I don't have a rank in her pip. I want this, and I want that. And they go yeah. to find him, and they lock all the shuttles and stuff like that. And um, seven corners him in the transport room, um, and uh, she's like, he's trying to beat him off. He wants to unlock. And Picard goes, he's trying to save us. So he's like, he he's he is sacrificing yeah. himself for his mother and us. And then Shaw goes, right, unlock the transporter. Because if if one person the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah. So it's 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 that. But then I have hold on, I, I do not mean the higher the fewer. Uh from Alexander's random line from <laughs> Yeah, God damn, Alexander! Please don't come back if that's what you're gonna come up with. If if that's the level I still, of facts, I don't understand that. I still, I've watched that episode so many times. I'm like, I, it's a horrible episode because obviously it's like it's a Luxana Troy being a villain episode where she just oh, kind of comes in and be like, "Hey, I've ruined everything for everyone. That's my character." But yeah, come on, Luxana. But uh, the higher the fewer. But we have we we have this for me. And, and I know I, you know, I said my favorite scene was uh, when Vedic comes in, but this this scene, this this thirty seconds that plays out, um, and I and I want to discuss this with you. Crusher comes onto the bridge because Riker's gone down to sick bay and he's yeah. gone. 
how is how is she? She's like, oh well, you know, she had some material bleeding, but we don't got a hole in her. She's still got a hole in her. her, She's heavily sedated, and Riker's like, nope, red ball straight in the neck. Time to make a walk. (laughs) Time to make a walk. But we have this. We have this wonderful, wonderful scene, and all props to everyone who did this scene where. Shaw has ordered the unlocking of the transporter so Jack can beam off. Crusher comes onto the bridge with the aid of Riker. Doesn't say a word, but makes eye contact with Picard. And I and I wanna I wanna get your opinion on this. I feel we had more information in those few seconds with the eye contact between Picard and Crusher than we had about Jack at all uh, throughout yeah. the episode because you know, not telepathically, but you know, he's looking at her and going, is he my son? And she's looking at him going, yeah, yes. And then he just goes, blah, that, blah, 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 blah. And Sean yeah. goes, what the fuck are you, blah? It's my <laughs> son. And I, and I just want to, I just want to get I love, I love that Sean's just like, oh, piss. <laughs> you know, like, he's just yeah. like, oh, well, okay, right. I want to get your opinion on that because I, I just thought that little scene no. between them both. I thought it, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. I'm a bit I'm kind of annoyed in a way because I, they're obviously paying her by the word because she doesn't say <laughs> anything in this entire episode. They're like, okay, cool, you know, like we'll give you give you fifty quid if you just sort of stumble onto the bridge and look forward. But, um, <laughs> but you know, like, gotta find ways around. Be like, oh, well, we've got the whole next gen cast here. Bloody hell, this is gonna cost us. Um, but like, you know, money saving expert but uh no i absolutely loved it like it's it was the problem was i was kind of going yay cool we get to see her speak and then she didn't so i was a bit annoyed but at the same time it worked perfectly it was so it was so beautiful like just the exactly what you're saying where the words won't need weren't needed they've also the idea of at what point did they fuck at what point like Ah. when was their time Ah. after i will get to that I have a theory. Charts. I have a yes. You can turn to a whiteboard in the background and be like, I've calculated I have, when they I have, a, I have a pull-down anatomical diagram. No. Um, <laughs> so obviously Picard uh belays the order and he's like, it's my son. And, and like you said, Shaw goes, God damn it. And then he's like, right, <laughs> LaForge, prep the weapons, prep the shields, we're running. And then you just get that little shoulder tap and you're like, Shaw's like, God damn. And this is for me where, <laughs> excuse the pun, the dick starts to soften. Um, and he's like, yeah. That's never a good thing. If I'm it's never a good thing. But yeah. it's like, Shaw's like, okay, it's your son. We, I sort of get it. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, it's like, uh, fire the torpedoes and then they just hop to it and we just... They leg it into the nebula, and Picard just says, "Engage." Yeah. Um, and then obviously that's it for this for this short episode. But theory, theory about Jack Crusher, because you said when did Crusher and Picard get it on? And I yeah. will tell you exactly when they got it on, Young Graham, <laughs> because okay. Ed Spieler, who plays who plays uh, Jack Crusher, is. 34 years old. Now, yeah. 34 years ago was 1988. He was born in the right. middle of 1988. Season one of The Next Generation, we had Beverly Crusher. Season two, we yeah. had Dr. Pulaski. <laughs> yeah. Where did Beverly Crusher go? She went back to Earth. Yeah. Why did she go back 
to earth because she had an argument with the producers <laughs> but, um... we yeah we know in universe well no she I went think... back to uh to be the head of starfleet medical didn't she uh i think it was either the head or so something to do with starfleet uh no, god damn it i think i think she was the head of starfleet medical and then did it for a year and they were like oh they've realized i'm actually a bit of a shit doctor and then basically and then like just went back to the uh we're we going to consult we're going to consult the oracle of all knowledge that is ladies and gentlemen memory alpha <laughs> the star trek wiki um, this, is, this is cheating you're on it is, cam goodwill this i'm is on cam absolutely cheating i'm on camera cheating but god damn it but, uh, so, yeah um, i think he is in the head of starfleet medical yeah so in 2365 crusher was offered the position of head of starfleet medical mm. now here's my theory between season one and two yeah picard and crusher got it on okay she got pregnant right in order to keep it from wesley yeah and john luke she took up a position at starfleet medical mm. gave birth gave jack maybe to her parents yeah because she was she was born on luna so she you know she she's in the neighborhood and then came back and said nothing if this is the case if this is where they're going with that that adds a new dimension to beverly crusher who for me personally in the 35 years we've had the mm. next generation hasn't had that much of a role in star trek no really hasn't like um i i'd see i i think it's a nice idea but i don't i don't like it i think it I think it sort of hurts the character too much because obviously mm. I think the wonderful thing about next gen was the slow burn relationship between them it where was the, was the idea of obviously the t the sexual tension be between mm. them and also the that she's still try kind of forgiving him for like letting her husband die in a weird way and you know and the same with the relationship with Wesley mm. but then like and it's the fact of i can't imagine them actually having sex in that time period but i think maybe afterwards so maybe sort of between the end of next gen and the first movie or something mm. but i i assume it happens like after nemesis because like i you know what what's the episode called wait i think it's the last episode of tng or whatever where it All goes into things. the future All is it things, the one yeah. where they go into the future where they've got a kind of Sync yes where, where, where q uh shows them an alternative future where yeah. I, I mean little, but little it, but in that like it doesn't yeah. beverly say oh we tried again like we tried to have a relationship and it didn't work like it didn't actually work and then there and so you see her after they've already tried so it kind of suggests yeah. that maybe after nemesis there you know like it's not immediate that she buggers off but basically there's like a period where they do i think that'd be easier and obviously yes that does mean that he's going to be younger than the actual actor but we could say that you know like uh jack crushes like 24 or something and it's not i, I don't, I don't know. know i mean i i, th I think this isn't picard only meant to be like 30 something in next gen like, no he's is he, like, is he 40s no he's in his 50s bloody hell no sorry really? no i do apologize so uh patrick stewart uh was fifth is it was in his 50s uh when yeah. next gen was uh filmed and Picard was always portrayed as being 10 years older than Patrick Stewart. So in because uh, Picard was wow. born 23 or 23 or 3, 23 or 5. Yeah. So he was he was late 50s, early 60s. 
uh, when he took command of the Enterprise D. Wow. Um, I always in, assumed he was like sort of 30 in his head full now. No, in, well, in Picard, he is at the moment, if it was it 2402, this takes place. And he was, hang on, then that make, make, makes less sense about how he's actually managed to have a son, you know. <laughs> So, so I like yeah. we're saying that he's probably about 70. Like, if it didn't happen when you're saying it did, then like was he like 80 and still managed to, you know, do the business? Well, there's two possibilities. So there's either well, well, I'm gonna say three and hear me out with a third one. <laughs> I love hear literally we are talking about like in great depth about this Oinking. sex between Yeah. So obviously <laughs> the first the first series episode, The Naked Now, which is a tribute to the original series episode where they get the um Love drug, uh, the, the love drug, and obviously, yeah. you know, you and we find out the data is fully operational and programmed in multiple techniques. <laughs> God damn it, Tasha. Um, I don't know who I'm more jealous of, to be fair, because Tasha Yar's a hottie, but also data is, as you say, programmed in multiple forms of more queen. But um, <laughs> so, I, I think it's either going to be during that time. At the naked now but again it, it doesn't make sense because she would have had to be pregnant and hide the pregnancy whilst on the starship or yeah. they had some sort of uh romantic um affair between yeah. season one and two she left for starfleet medical whilst pregnant which would sort of tell it because like i said ed spieler's <clears> age <throat> is 34 and season two started 34 mm. years ago so i'm sorry for terry metallis to get someone to be 34 years old, yeah. be an excellent actor, look like a young Patrick Stewart, it, bloody hell. Someone pay the casting director for that because yeah. that is dot on. Or, once, like you once said, I, after Nemesis. Once I saw it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another theory that I think might be it, that I okay. think would be great, but it's the fact of... Um, I, I think he, he did great. Like, I wasn't that keen on him because I'm like, oh, it's another London actor who's like, mm. you know, sort of, oh, they're being a cheeky chappy. And I'm like, haven't yeah. seen that before. But the fact is that as soon as I started seeing it, I was like, actually, they are acting a lot like Picard. Like, you know, like in, yeah. in that kind of not the Picard we know, but the Picard that we knew existed and could have existed. But young, young Picard, pre-nautic and stabbing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, oh, you know, but that's the thing, though. I think I'm pretty sure I can't remember what it was, but I'm pretty sure Jack makes reference to time travel. Like he makes reference to something that like happened or like he references, he says it's something not from this galaxy or something. So I wonder if maybe he is actually mirror universe or he is uh, from a future timeline or something where Beverly and Picard did get it on. And oh. that's what's happened. So basically Beverly is sort of picked up her orphan from like another universe and that you know obviously that would be a great thing it'd be a great reference to the mirror universe in another series because obviously we yeah, oh no we did yeah. get it in voyager yeah voyager did have it and um did enterprise have mirror universe ds9 had mirror universe voyager didn't a lot have, you know they really yeah. abused the mirror universe but voyager didn't TNG have didn't. mirror universe uh, enterprise did in the mirror dark no voyager 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 has it Does doesn't it, it? Wait, well, it's got the one way, you know, when it's as um, Janeway and she's got the black gloves, and the only way that, oh, that they make her look that, evil is they give her black was, gloves. And you're like, there that, we that, go. <laughs> that was no, that wasn't the mirror universe. Oh, what was that was not? was it was it was where it was a thousand years into the future. No, it was a few. It was seven hundred years into the future, and the doctor's <laughs> the doctor's EMH had been triggered because yeah. it was artifacts in a museum, and it was like obviously 
with time things get facts and figures oh, get. oh yeah done. you're right you're and right they were like nice. she was a tyrannical because it was actually <laughs> the people that lost the war interpreted yeah. history in their own way and they said oh this Janeway she was a tyrant and the yeah the warship yeah. budget and yeah latex glove Jane yeah. still with the coffee man. I I class that as like mirror mirror universe because it's the same kind of thing but you're right it isn't actually the mirror yeah. universe but um but no but I I think that might be it I think it's the idea and that's where the story is going to story is going to lead us I think and that would probably explain uh, Varric Vedic Varric yeah it's so odd that she's called like the same thing as the Bajoran priests, and he's just like, okay, so but with an eye, I guess. But no, I, I, I think that's what it's going to be because I think it might be a bit too complicated to be like, hey, will they, won't they, kind of ex, you know, Skulder, uh, Skulder and Mully, <laughs> Mulder and Scully, like, will they, won't they, and then they'll start saying, yeah, they totally fucked between films, and you're like, oh, great, okay, you know. I'm going to propose one more theory for you. Well, we can have a couple of episodes before you propose to me, Goodwill. I mean, you know, I'm <laughs> your drink first. But... I'm, I'm, so, one last theory. It's Jack Crusher's clone. Oh! No! <laughs> because we did see uh, the Hang on, uh, isn't that one of the DS9 episodes where someone makes a clone of themselves just to get it killed? Sorry if I spoiled the third episode of DS9 for anyone oh, yeah. there. But, spoiler, yeah. spoiler. Yeah, but I... Well, I remember everything that happened 20 years ago. But, you know, I 30 years? We, Christ. 30 years ago, yeah, this this year. Uh, this uh, last January, 30 years, DS9. Uh, but I do think, it's so it's either... For, for, for me, uh, it's either they boinked between season one and two, and that's okay. why she left. I yeah. think that would... It didn't need to be explained because we already knew she was doing Starfleet Medical. But if that's an extra layer, okay. He's either a clone of Jack Crusher. Yeah. Because, but again, it's it's a long shot. Why would she want to clone her her husband and then give birth to her husband? Yeah. Or he's mirror universe. He's from another dimension. He's from another universe. Um We'll we'll see because it it's gonna I, play. I think, I think we need to ask the people watching this video. So I think we need to ask them like what they think in the comments. I think they leave should, leave know, a comment when below. They, is he mirror universe or something, or when did they boink? They're they're the main questions. Like yeah, leave, leave a comment below. Did they boink on the Enterprise D? Uh, yeah. Did she clone a father? What do you think between specific episodes? That's how specific I wanted. I want to know like what. Yes, <laughs> I want star which episode and which episode did they fuck. I want star dates uh, for when these two got it together, okay? Because I'm sorry that the one thing I loved about that Naked Now episode was he entered sick bay with a little skip. Did he boink after that? You know, did he boink before the little skip? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, I think yeah. it'd be great if it was actually that she did get pregnant and she went like you know, and she was like, oh, you know, like that's why I had to leave because it got too intense, kind of thing. But then I think it makes it complicated. It makes the, everything a bit more complicated because you would have mentioned, you would have mentioned, oh, by the way, Jean-Luc, uh, we have a son. <laughs> like and they were telepathically the next... linked yeah, in yeah. one episode as well. So sort of when Picard was reading her mind. He's literally just climbing through these mountains doesn't... and she's like, don't tell him he's got a son. Don't tell him he's got a son. Don't, yeah. don't think about Jack. Don't think about Jack. <laughs> I, I'm I'm looking I'm I'm excited to uh, find out how they're going to play out uh, this. But mm. on the whole, though, um, I I think it was a brilliant episode. Really enjoyed it. Albeit short, it was uh, quite snappy. I think 
scenes didn't last as you know longer than they needed to be. I think it was straight yeah. to the point. Rafi's scenes were much better than last uh, last week's. Yeah, uh, great to see another dimension of Rafi. Uh, Liam Shaw, uh, I'm warming to. Um, yeah. Anything for you? Any stand? No, I, I absolutely loved it. And my my friend was saying, oh, it's a bit of a, another slow burn episode. And I'm like, no, this is what I want. I don't want yes. big action scenes. I don't want big explosions. We got enough action in this with like the, you know, the yeeting of the ship and whatnot and the, uh, you know, the breaking of the tractor beam and stuff like that. This is exactly what I want from Trek. This is the pacing I want from it, where it's discussion. It, you know, it's discussion, it's character building, it's, you know, making you question things. It's it's like a little bit of sleuthing in the background and whatnot, being like, oh, well, what's going on here? Or oh, what could they do? How could they get out of this situation? Rather than explosions and stuff like that. It's it had it, it had enough of that in, you know, but the, this is this is how I want the rest of the series to go. But I'm getting to this point now where I'm getting a bit scared because this is what we've had in Picard, where you get the first two or three episodes and then it goes, now let's change it up and do something totally different. So as long yeah. as they don't do that this time. So I'd be very happy if the entire rest of the series was just this, like this style of episode. I Like Star Trek of old, which is what but a that, lot of people want. Well, that's the thing. It's the idea of, you know, Star Trek for me is discussion. Star Trek for me is characterization and an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, space battles. And, you know, yeah. anyway. <laughs> But on the whole, um, another fantastic episode. Um, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I loved it, um, and I think, I think that's it, Graham. I think I think yeah. we've done a review of episode two. I think yeah, I think all. we're done. I think yeah, yeah. Please uh, like and subscribe to Nerdy Up North and comment below with a whether you think Sluggo Cola is uh, you know her drink in this uh, universe, and also. When did they fuck? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um and we'll see who's right at the end of the series. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for everyone um who's who's tuned in to to listen to this review. Um all the views are really appreciated. Like Graham just said there, please like, comment, subscribe, click that bell, give it a good ding. Click that bell and then we, we notify you whenever we put a random thing up. Yeah. I and there's a Patreon, isn't there? There there's is a, a Patreon. Patreon Sa- oh, yes. Sammy's doing these wonderful um Gammy Gammy Thrones, I think. Gammy Gammy of Thrones. Um, yeah, so we we have a Patreon, guys. Um, that we are uh, moving. Uh, we, well, we're going to be adding content on uh, throughout the year. A uh, little little bit of extra titbits uh, for titbits, titbits yeah. specifically tits. <clears throat> well, yeah. Since, well, yes, if you subscribe, you may <laughs> see the odd mammary or two. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, but they're we, yours. They're yours, aren't they? Good well. You know, give the <laughs> give the give the public what they want. That's all I'm going to. Yes. Um, but yes, we we do have a Patreon uh, where Sammy is doing a Game of Thrones um, podcast at the moment, discussing uh, one of her favorite series, and she'll also be doing Lord of the Rings as well. Oh, oh. so we do Very have a Patreon. Fancy. We have a rather wonderful uh, Facebook community, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Nerdy Up North, which will be. Uh, somewhere in the video, I believe it's going to be somewhere there. I believe, yeah, I or the. I think it's going to be the. Um, mm. 
we also have a we also have a Twitch uh, where I act like an absolute complete burke and dance to sound effects um, and disgust people with me groping my own tits while playing Far Cry Five and other games. Um, Jake is uh, playing. <laughs> Jake is playing lovely indie games. Um, we do have obviously the podcast every Sunday at seven thirty live with the podcast team and many many special guests. We are also doing uh, special podcasts. Uh, working with local businesses, for example, we have got one with Be More Geek, um, one of the biggest uh, nerdy stores. Do you want to say in the region? Nerdy I'd say so. I'd say nerdy. Yeah. The geek. Well, the right is I've got geek in their name. They're a geek store. They're so a geek nice. store. So we've got the lovely yeah. Be More Geek, and uh, we've got loads of wonderful episodes coming up. Um, so, like I said, we've got YouTube. Uh, we've got Facebook community, we've got Twitch, yeah. we've got Patreon. Um, we are looking to do uh, loads more. We want to cater to everyone's tastes. Uh, so keep keep your eyes peeled and all the all the usual haunts. But I want to say thank you so much for, for Graham for joining me yeah, today. That's it. I, I, lo- I love how this episode is going out in a couple of days, but I'm immediately going to start streaming on Twitch after this. So yeah, so you can follow me on Twitch at Sinoiz, S-Y-N-O-I-Z. Do you want to promote uh, everything you want... else you do? Oh, yeah. Well, I've already did it at the beginning. Uh, but yeah, but um, follow me on The Velvet Snatch. Just search that and it'll come up with all of my media Snatch. for everything. But yeah, no, uh, no, it's been wonderful. Um, and yeah, so I'll drink Sluggo Cola. Drink Sluggo Cola, guys. Uh, thank you very much for everyone. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.